0: Hello, this is Marco Chisero, and welcome to Run, Eat, Drink, Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink, Podcast. We feature destination races from across the country, and after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back-of-the-packer like us, You'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 102 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I am your host, Amy, and joining us virtually from somewhere... In the Washington D.C. area, or I I don't even know where you are, but it is your co-host, the one, the only Dana.
2: I am your field correspondent, Dana, (laughs) coming to you live. Yes, from the Washington D.C. area tonight. Yes,
1: Yes. you are traveling. We are recording. This is this is the first time we've ever done this, really.
2: This is the first time we've ever done this, so this is giving us an opportunity to test some of our equipment, which is yeah. kind of a, a, a nice thing to be able to do, and yeah. we hope that uh, the sound ends up being what everybody is, is wanting and oh, has I come to expect so. from us. Yeah, you're, I mean, so, you
1: sound pretty good so far. I, I You look good on FaceTime. So. Well,
2: good. Hopefully, yeah. I can keep that up.
1: Yeah, keep that up. Buddy, welcome,
2: <laughs> virtually. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having for, me, Amy. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Well, I mean,
1: we've done interviews before, like Bankhead and another one that's coming up that we're really excited about that we'll talk about at the end of the show. Yes. But I, the, this is just the first time that we have been separated and recording as co-hosts, so... I hope it's yeah. good. I hope everybody will let us know.
2: Well, we had, we had debated whether or not to even do it, yeah. and I said, "Well, you know, we have the technical capability. Let's see how it works." So, hopefully, we can get some feedback from everybody. Yeah. Let us know how the sound is. And, For sure. And and we'll do our best to deliver the product you've come to expect.
1: Well, so, I mean, you you are normally the technical wizard, so I'm oh. I, I hope I don't screw it up.
2: I think we're doing good so far.
1: Yeah, so as I said, welcome to episode 102, and yes, this is going to be an episode where we have a run portion, where we have an eating portion, and where we have a drink portion of the show, yes,
2: all in one episode. All in
1: one episode. Yes. As you said last week we were cheating to get to episode 100. This this week we're straight up it's one big episode for your long run. So, yeah. And today it's even though it's a travel week for your intrepid field reporter co-host, we are not traveling for the show. So, This is all about training updates and upcoming races as we head into March. And then we have kind of eating and drinking from the road as we drove up to Jacksonville for the Donna.
2: Yeah, we had alluded to the fact that we had some extra content that we put in the can that we recorded during our trip up. And this is some of that content that we got for you guys. And I think that everyone's going to really enjoy this one because we actually did the recording from a tap room on the way up. And we, we've got some places that are very uniquely Florida, I think.
1: Yes. I, it just, I think I told you as we visited those places in Bradenton, because that's where they're coming from today. Mm -hmm. I think I told you I was feeling such a connection to my childhood.
2: Yes, you did.
1: So yeah, from, because it was very, it felt like very, oh God, I'm going to date myself. I'm so old. 1980s, Florida. Mm -hmm. And in that, but we'll get to that. First, we have to talk about our training from this week and what's coming up for us, because we really don't technically travel until April.
2: Right. Right. We are going to have a we're going to have a couple of weeks of some travel or some training runs.
0: Mm-hmm. Some of it'll
2: just be be straight up training. Some of it will be. I think we're going to be doing a maybe a five k. Mm-hmm. Here and there mm-hmm. where we, we get some mileage in. Yeah. But the next big race for us is going to be back in the Orlando area for the Star Wars virtual thirteen point one.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we do the virtual any oh, I'm sorry. anytime the... before that.
2: Right, right, right. And then we That's get to
1: then we get to April where we actually go to Orlando and we do what is it, the fifth anniversary of the Star Wars weekend, which is now called the Rival Run, used to be called the Dark Side, used to be called the First Order Challenge. All, right, I misspoke. All of that. Yeah. So we, we are in it, as we have stated before, for part of the reason for the bling, of course. Oh, Absolutely. And since this is the fifth year and they have some pretty amazing medals for the Star Wars races, they also have a great one for the virtual. So we decided to sign up for the Kessel Run Challenge, which gives us the ability to do to submit a a time and there's a finisher certificate and a race bib for a thirteen point one, a half marathon, which is virtual. And I think it takes the place of the California races that would have been a part of the Kessel Run challenge that we've done in the past. Yep. Yeah. And I'm I'm sad that we don't have those California races anymore. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It used to be that you had the light side out there in Anaheim. Yeah. You had the dark side here, and yeah. the Kessel Run is basically the Star Wars themed coast-to-coast uh, Coast challenge yeah. for those that were interested in doing a Disney coast-to-coast. Coast.
1: So they kept that whole idea alive of the Kessel Run Challenge, and it's just doing your 13.1 on a course of your choosing somewhere between now and the end of March, or actually right. I think anytime time between January, February, March, and then when you get to April and you run the half-marathon Or the challenge there, then, which is the 10K and the half, then you get all the bling. So we're in it for all the bling. The only thing that we didn't get a chance to sign up for before it was sold out was the 5K for Star Wars weekend in April. So.
2: Right, and this actually is part of the the masterful marketing that Disney is doing. As most people know, Disney recently launched their pay streaming service, Disney Plus. Love it.
0: On Disney Plus,
2: of course. Yep, Baby Yoda. Rules. they created that uh, that show the Mandalorian, which really took the world by storm. Mm. And then what they also did for hardcore Star Wars fans was they said, we are going to give you one last season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, which is an animated series that is set during um, or between episodes two and three. Mm. of the movies. So this was a wildly successful animated series mm-hmm. that aired for, I want to say six seasons, yeah. if, I, if memory serves me correct. Yeah. And they're just giving you us a final seventh season to put a bow on everything. And that's going to be a Disney plus exclusive. Well, that was great news for star Wars fans, yeah. but what they did with these medals this year is they are all themed off of star Wars, the clone wars. So the look of the medals
0: emulates
2: these animated characters and yeah, the 5k that we didn't get to sign up for, that's the Ahsoka Tano metal. I'm so sorry. Looks fantastic. If you got a chance to sign up for it, we're really jealous. I so. think Anna
1: Anna runs on coffee that follows us on Instagram. She is signed up with her family and they're going to dress up and all that. Oh, my oh that's great. God. I cannot wait to meet up with her and see their costumes.
2: Yeah, th- this is going to be an excellent race event for people that like costuming. hmm. Yeah. And anybody who's done any of the Disney races in the past knows that this is a great event also for on-course character stops.
1: Oh, yeah. If you're fast as, enough.
2: If you're fast enough. Yeah. As as well as um, they, they do invite in local chapters of the 501st Legion, which is a... Uh, cosplay group that is dedicated to doing usually hospital visits and other charitable events. Yeah. And, they, and, and the members have these movie accurate costumes and Disney even allows them onto the race course at specific areas. And you can even stop and take photos with these guys and their costumes are phenomenal.
1: I remember them more from the California races, actually yeah.
2: they They have a much larger contingent out there in California, yeah. but the one the ones in Orlando are actually if you remember when you come into the back of Hollywood Studios, oh. there's usually a big bunch. and it's usually stormtroopers and Mandalorians that show up there. Oh, you know that's going to be big this year. Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, so, so you have a lot of opportunities for both the Disney sponsored yeah. uh, character, character photos, as well as getting photos with these, these other fans who are out there donating their time, cheering on runners, That's being great. super cool and super supportive. Yes. Um, there, there's really not a lot bad to say about it. No. Uh, you know, they, they've, over the last few years they they really ironed out most of the problems that they had with this race. I remember yeah. the first year, first year of the dark side, they had a lot, some logistical issues as well as mm-hmm. um, some course decisions that were were really pretty counterproductive, but in recent years they've they fixed all that. Yes. So
1: yes. So it's I, a, I'm just can't so excited.
2: It's a well-oiled machine yeah. now.
1: And if I was not excited you know just thinking about it i was even more inspired and excited from this past weekend i had serious fomo all over social media and the coffee chats of course you and
2: you and me both
1: because and i appreciated the meme about the the race photos that you posted on yes. our page it was it was on our facebook <laughs> it was so funny but the princess half marathon weekend the fairy tale challenge that was all this past weekend and i was so inspired by so many pictures so many stories on social media and that's why at the at the top of this episode you heard marco chisetto
2: yeah marco chisetto who we got to know at the anchorage run fest this year yeah who we've we've had on the show and who is a world record holder for double amputee in the marathon. Yes. And his post, actually, I was, I was kind of slack-jawed reading his post yeah. about the race because he fell.
1: Uh, yeah. He said not he fell once, twice. twice. Yeah, twice. Yes. And uh, his posts were very inspiring. He, he was, it is not about how many times you fall. It's how many times you get back up it's just a literal example that he has set and nothing is more fun than getting on social media and going to his Facebook page mm-hmm. and I think he posted him too on Instagram and he's marathon Marco I think everywhere but yes he hit the way he crossed the finish line and the dance photos that he posted of himself. Yep. Crossing the finish line at Princess at the half were, were just fantastic.
2: Yeah, they absolutely were. So great. absolutely, so great. And and you know, for a runner like Marco who's running with prosthesis, uh, I, I I'm really kind of amazed because I know that Disney Princess is one of if one of the busiest races, the most crowded races uh-huh. that they host at Disney World. Yes. I believe that it's second only to marathon, marathon weekend, weekend yeah. itself.
0: Yeah.
2: So, knowing that you have such a potential for, you know, on course collision or having to make sudden course corrections to right. either weave around people or right. dodge them, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I think it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of skill and determination and nerve to run it in the first place. A in the first place, B with, with prosthetics. Right. And, and the fact that, you know, he didn't let falling, I, I think you said at mile six and mile 13. Is that right? Uh, I really? believe so if oh, memory okay. serves me right. Uh, so, I
1: didn't remember um, seeing that. Okay.
2: That, you know, he, he just picked himself up and kept going. Yeah. It's just, uh, pretty incredible so yeah hats off hats off to our friend and friend of the show marco just for we that love him. that was awesome
1: congratulations on your half marathon and uh, on your race photos at the finish
0: yeah. that was and awesome by-
2: and we had several people from the Runcation Nation, you know, completing oh, yeah. uh, their first challenge, their mm-hmm. first half marathon. I yeah. know uh, Lisa Barnes yes. was completing her first half marathon ever. Yes. Uh, and... Caroline
1: from the Extra Mile Podcast Group, Caroline Williams Heller from yes. the Extra Mile Podcast Group. She was she was there. Jen Kim.
2: Jen Jennifer Kim. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw actually she's the only one that I saw with a photo that I saw the photo with the challenge medal. And what a cool medal that was this year. Yeah, it was a triple spinner.
1: Yeah, that was super cool to have the 6.2, the 13.1 and the um, 19.3. Did I do the math right?
2: Yes, (laughs) I think or or, or, or. You're yes. close enough for government work
1: whatever yeah so the distances the three separate distances in the spinner that mm-hmm. I just thought that was so
2: cool and this is part of what we talk about you know we're very honest when we say if you're looking at doing a Disney race, mm. understand it is going to be more expensive yes. than many other races indeed you are paying for the experience absolutely. But the caveat to that is that they tend to really do the bling right.
1: The bling and the experience. Well, yeah, the
2: experience was given, but I meant the bling itself. That triple spinner is cool.
1: Yeah, they just, I I love it. I love the stuff we had at Wine and Dine where they had the little pie, the Americana pie spinner for the half with Mickey. With, like, Colonial Mickey and all that. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, they're, they've, they've been pretty great with the medals this race season between mm-hmm. November and now coming up on Star Wars. The virtual medal and all the race medals for the actual weekend. I can't wait to earn them. I need to do the training to be ready.
2: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. I know that I, I've got I've got some news regarding training. If yes. you want me to start. Let's hear it. Well, you know, I, I think I talked about it a little bit when we were uh, back at the Publix A one A half marathon, that I was running that half marathon in a new pair of Hoka yeah. shoes. Yeah. And that was my first time running a a, a full race in those Mm -hmm. shoes. And I, I, I've been a Brooks runner for the better part of a decade.
1: And they seem to feel okay on short runs.
2: Feel, feel pretty okay on short runs. Well, I've been running on them now since that race and they are just not cooperating with my feet. Mm. Um, I've, I've had a lot of really bad, uh, blistering, and it's been on both long and short runs as a result. Oh, no. uh, and and this is regardless of what type of sock. So I, I'll, I often use um, Xperia's, which are a Thorlo product. Again, not a sponsor of the show, right. but this is just a popular sock that's got a very well-padded heel and a well-padded uh, toe and box area right by right the ball the foot.
1: I wear that too and, for blister prevention. I,
2: and I also like the, uh, the Features, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S mm-hmm. uh, brand sock as well. I have those. Those are more of a uh, compression, compression sock, yeah. but they're short. They're, they're footy socks. Yeah. And regardless of, of whether I go – of which type of sock I wear – And regardless of whether or not I I use a heel lock Mm -hmm. on lacing, Mm -hmm. I'm having really bad blistering. And after... um, Doubling
1: up on socks, I think you did at one point. I I
2: even did did that at one point. And and Donna really drove the point home that uh, that I was having an issue with these shoes. And over the past week, I've been doing a a lot of shorter 5K runs and... And just, I, I finally said enough's enough. And the other day, I, I popped into our local store, yes. uh, run shop uh, in Cape Coral, run by our friend Rachel, Rachel Lee. Lee. And I was just hope hoping beyond hope that they would have some of my size in Brooks and stock in the addictions. Well, as it turns out, they not only had some in stock. Yeah. They had the brand new addiction 14s nice. in stock and they had them in my size. So uh. without hesitating, I said, I will take a pair and like, just I got those. Yeah. So I have, I have just purchased literally yesterday as of, uh, we're recording this episode mm-hmm. on Monday night, mm-hmm. I purchased them yesterday. I got about a two miler in yesterday, yeah. just to just to kind of break them in a little bit. And I can tell you that the difference is already night and day. Really? Already, well, yeah. Even so, with
1: the generation going from the Brooks Thirteen series to the Fourteen, you're feeling good.
0: And
1: I feel good. They didn't make that much of a change.
2: Actually, they made a substantial change to the upper on the shoe. Because I don't um, have
1: that generation.
2: No, you don't. No, they—they they are very different look. They're much sleeker in their overall appearance. There's less less texture to the stitching, but mm-hmm. you have a oh, yeah. um, you have a very comfortable toe box. Mm-hmm. You have uh, actually a little bit of reinforcement on mm-hmm. the toe box, which is kind of interesting, and this is a shoe that's often used by power walkers in addition to runners. Mm -hmm. Yes. And which is great for somebody like me that does a run, walk, run.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: And and I think that they've been taking some cues from, from people doing either interval work or, or taking some, some cues from both walkers and runners to incorporate them into the shoe. Maybe. So it, just with the first couple of miles on, I can already feel a difference. I'm going to actually be running in the morning, getting a quick yeah. three miler in. Um, but mainly right now, because we're we're basically in between half marathons, yeah. I am doing mostly speed work. Um, mm, yeah. And I'll probably just for my next long run that's going to be over three miles, I'll probably go ahead and do my, my 13.1 for the virtual.
1: Oh, okay. In the neighborhood, huh?
2: Probably so, unless you find another race for us to do. I, I, I was just planning on probably knocking that out. Yeah, uh, I would because, have
1: to say, well, probably because of work schedules and things like that.
2: Yeah, and also, I'm, I'm looking at it in terms of wanting to take advantage of the good weather while we're having it here in Florida.
0: So true.
2: Or I should say, there in Florida, because I'm not in Florida <laughs> tonight.
1: Yes, yeah, so... I, so how
2: about
1: you? Yeah, what can I say? I have Brooks, and let me just tell you, related to your shoe discussion, that I was so panicked about, really, I, I don't like change at all. I don't like change at all. But I got brand new Brooks in the Series 13. And then... I went so far as to say, okay, you've just given me these brand-new shoes. Turn around, and I don't care about shipping times, whatever the issues or the relocation of their shipping division or whatever their housing warehouse division, whatever they're doing. Order me another pair, and I don't care how long it takes to get here now that I have shoes that I can train in and run in because I need a backup pair. So I have the current 13s that I'm – series 13 brooks addictions that i'm wearing and i have another pair that i have not yet put any miles
2: on yeah well you've you've got a pair of shoes that are tried and tested and and aren't going to surprise you which is nice
1: i i I was almost before you came home and said, yeah, the 14s are there for you. So they're probably there in the women's and I could probably order the size or maybe if luck has it, she might have mine as well. I probably should have gone today and and done that. But, you know, if I can get as many pairs of brooks as possible that's just a solid shoe that i've had such success with and i can't that i mean they're not they're not sponsors of the show either but like you talked about the the socks but i just i have been taking it easy since donna and just doing 30 minutes twice a week and then on the weekends jeff my my coach and America's coach, Jeff Galloway, my e coaching plan with him has been to do on the weekends three miles on back to back days. So three miles on Saturday, three miles on Sunday, or Sunday, Monday, depending on whatever work schedule I have going on. Mm-hmm. And that's just easy. He said I didn't even have to do intervals if I didn't want to, just kind of walking that distance to kind of recover from Donna because we had email exchange about just the way that I was feeling at the end of Donna, and he just pointedly came right back on the email after I gave him the race report and said, (laughs) so let's talk about nutrition during the race, Miss Amy. I mean, he didn't say that, but I always feel like when I'm in trouble – people call me miss amy you know like miss amy you know like oh, well, oh I, i'm in trouble so i i felt like i was hearing that in my head because his question was let's talk about your nutrition and how often you took nutrition during the race and i can tell you none of my own nutrition none it was it was it was a, it was a terrible plan
2: yeah not a plan um, and we had talked about that uh, during that the the run portion of last week when we were doing the the three yeah. episodes, the uh, relying on encore support, especially when it's basically a thirteen mile uh, street party. Maybe not the best route to go, especially if you're looking at you know trying to you know Nutrition to really go for especially. time.
1: Especially because hydration, they had nailed. Oh, on yeah. that course. But it's the nutrition portion that I think he was focused on in our exchange and I just totally missed the mark. Totally.
0: Well, I
2: also, I learned something today that actually may, may fit in very nicely to what happened with oh, us. Oh, yeah? On, on this, yeah. I, I was watching a movie we we heard about on another podcast that we listened to called Science and Sorcery, called The Game Changers. And it's yes. a... It's a documentary that that follows an MMA fighter who's exploring going Mm plant-based. And they get into some of the science. They start talking about some of the adverse effects you can have uh, eating certain foods, just one meal, and and Uh the prolonged prolonged effects it can have in your blood system or your bloodstream uh, for hours after the fact. And for Donna the way our schedule worked out for us mm-hmm. was that we were having to do some recording for the show and some some video sessions for the show ahead of our long run yeah and i don't think that probably set us up for the best performance that we could have hoped for
1: i guess i mean so Well,
2: so we got to concede that that's probably not the best way to go. We got to do our
1: yeah. We got to do our eating and drinking portions after the the celebratory exploring and indulging that we do. It it depends. And those interviews, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't take them back for a minute. I'd ever i I loved our interviews that we had, and we just i I think we just gotta be vigilant or smarter in scheduling and in in the nutrition leading up to the race and then also during the race.
2: I think we just gotta make sure that we are literally scheduling everything to be done after yeah. the long run if we're doing a challenge weekend, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's especially important coming up because we'll have so much. Going on during the Star Wars weekend. Yeah. Boy,
2: howdy. Boy. But since since we've been back, we have actually been very dialed in on the nutritional game. We have been Thanks doing to you and hardcore, yeah. hardcore meal prep, uh, doing uh, recipes coming out of a new book that uh, is, is going to be something we're going to be talking to you guys about in an upcoming episode. We yeah. got tremendous feedback from everybody when we started talking about our story yeah. and what we were doing yeah. and we we're gonna be talking about a book that has turned into a great resource for us yeah. uh, for nutrition and uh, we got a chance to talk to the authors of that book and we'll for we'll sure. have more on that later on
1: yeah so so yeah so that's and I think that my first real test will be, this next weekend coming will be a long run, the first long one since Donna. so I'll practice good mm-hmm. nutrition there and make sure I get good rest the night before and that I get good fuel and good hydration day before and going in.
2: That's a good idea.
1: Enduring you know so that is that's my little training update and yours and yes. Mike. Now we get to talk about our eats and the drinking portion of the show that have to do with our kind of trek, our road trip up to Donna.
2: Yeah, you know, the drive up through Florida affords us some opportunities to stop in the several towns that we don't often get to go to that are north of where we live down in the Cape Coral, Fort Myers area. And we've been meaning to go to for quite some time. Yes. In fact, quite almost, almost quite literally since the beginning of the podcast. Yes. And just up the road from us is a little place that we've been keeping an eye on yeah. for a long time.
1: On social media, especially.
2: Yeah. And, and we drive, we drive by it anytime we go visit my family and all that. And there's a, there's a road it's, it's, there's an overpass uh, over the interstate called Linger Lodge road. Yep. And on social media, if you start looking on Facebook, especially, I think uh, Mm -hmm. if, if you look for the Linger Lodge RV, um, what do they call it? Linger Lodge RV and Campground? I think so. It is pretty incredible. They have probably one of the most, yeah, Linger Lodge restaurant and RV campground. campground. Yeah. And they have one of the most delectable looking f- social media presences that I've yeah. ever seen. Yes especially when you get to looking at their, uh, their, their Sunday brunch.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. But we were not there on Sunday, of course, because we had to no. head up to Donna, you know, prior to the Sunday race. So let me just say, when we got to Linger Lodge, that is when I felt like I was transported back into my childhood. When we were driving to get to the restaurant, I just, and when we first happened upon the property, mm-hmm. I just felt like the decoration outside the parking lot, even, was just stepping back to the 1980s when I, when I used to visit my granddad at his motel in Florida. Just, like, just the... The architecture, and I I don't even know what you call that type of architecture, but when we came into the restaurant, you could immediately smell, if we're talking about atmosphere, you could immediately smell the barbecue.
2: Well, that's because their smoking pit or their smoker, was right right out front. front, Yeah. Front and center.
1: Oh, and it smelled incredible. And then they have an indoor seating area, and then they have a porch, as well as a bar. They have a porch, and we elected to sit out on the porch, the screened-in porch kind of seating area overlooking the water. Yes. And it was... A tremendous view. It was beautiful at the time of day when we visited, and it was incredibly windy. Actually, as I
2: recall, but it, it was a very windy day. Yeah. the The back porch is screened in. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, like like white and green gingham
0: tablecloths.
2: Um, yeah, plastic tablecloths, and you're looking out over you know palm trees and palmettos and pines. And it's just, it's very picturesque. And when you look at their, if you look at their social media feed, you'll see these pictures there where they take with the river in the background. If you sit outside, that's your view.
1: It's just gorgeous. So peaceful. But
2: but when you go in the restaurant itself, the funny thing about that place is they've got a whole lot of taxidermy.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes.
2: All over. And it's all Florida animals. So you got, you got, of course, Alex, Gators and snakes and oh. uh, raccoons uh-huh. and possums and, and you name it. Coyotes, the whole nine yards. Uh, but everything about this place, it, its like you, you talked about the 80s. I, I for, I, I'm looking through the photos, but I, I don't see it. But I want to say that this place was opened in the 50s.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if you go to their website, they're, oh, I think they opened in 19... Oh. The Linger Lodge dates back to 1945, although the original structure may have been uh, burned down or rebuilt and that kind of thing, if you if you read mm-hmm. their, their story on LingerLodge.com. Yeah. So just... I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like you're transported back in time. That's this all. is this That's all.
2: this is just one of those really cool places a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. But it's a little bit of old Florida, a yeah. little bit of old roadside Americana. Uh-huh. That, that these places are kind of disappearing and yeah. they are still making just absolutely Pillar
1: food. They are. It's true. And all we did was dine off of the appetizer area of the menu. We weren't there for their Sunday brunch, so we could not partake of the Bloody Mary that is a meal in and of itself, if you see it on social media.
2: Well, they do They do a, a new Bloody Mary, I think, each week, and they'll kind of theme them. I don't but know. But if you've seen some – Places doing crazy Bloody Marys that have, you know, everything but the kitchen sink hanging off the glass. That's kind of what you can expect from Linger Lodge.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we dined off of the the appetizer portion of the menu, and we split a couple. And we had the Southern Barbecue Chips Oh. and the River Sampler Platter. And the River Sampler Platter is at a price point and has so much on the plate. So it's like a shareable for the whole entire table.
2: Okay. And would you say that that you said it's at a price point, would you say it's at a good price point?
1: It's $19 and the river sampler, our signature appetizer is what their menu says. Our signature appetizer fried green tomatoes with frog legs and local gator fried grilled or blackened. And we got it fried. And mm-hmm. so we got three separate types of food on the plate for $19. Yeah. And it was served with a tangy remoulade and venom dipping sauces. So
2: yeah. The venom was kind of like a like a, uh, a spicy, what would you call it? Like a spicy ranch yes. kind of thing. Yes. yes. It, it was unique. It was really good. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. But – did you think it was a good value for
1: $19? I, I, well, I mean, you have to be a fan of frog legs and gator, and that could be some exotic choices for some people who have never had it.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, I think frog legs, takes they taste a, a whole lot like chicken, and I know that that's cliché.
2: No, it's, I think it's absolutely true. I, I, I think, and I, I, I'm kind of reading your body language over FaceTime here. I, I, it's, it's a whole lot of work for a whole little bit of meat that tastes like chicken.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you think the $19 price point is high?
2: No, actually I, 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 I will agree with you. I think that you have to be ready to go on a little bit of a culinary adventure. Yes. To order this plate. But I, I personally think that if you're traveling to Florida, you want to get the full Florida experience, mm-hmm. this is actually a really good dish to get. And yeah. and I'll tell you why I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that frog legs are, are kind of a, they're, they're a lot of work for a little bit of meat. Yes, but I've had more gator tail than I could shake a stick at as a Florida over the native. Of my life. As, a as a Florida, Florida native. native, yes. And anytime you have anybody come down from out of state and you go to a restaurant where they they are offering it, a lot of times you know you'll order it as you know, yeah, let's get it, we'll split it. Huh. Well, there are a lot of places in Florida that serve gator. There are not a lot of places in Florida that serve it well. And Linger Lodge is one of the few places that I've found in yeah. 45 years on this planet.
1: Oh, you're aging. You're dating yourself.
2: Where they <laughs> actually know how to treat the meat before frying it. Ah. And, And you don't end up with something that is too tough to be really enjoyable.
0: Yeah.
2: And also has you know a really good flavor. Their gator tail was fantastic, and and truthfully, their frog legs were very well prepared. Sure. You're just not a you're just not a huge fan of frog legs, and I and I don't blame you.
1: Well, I used um, to get them all the time with my grandfather as a child. Mm-hmm. And I just, maybe, maybe it is a lot of work. Maybe it's akin to, you know, you got to work like you do with chicken wings. but
2: Except with a chicken wing, you get more meat.
1: Yeah. so Chicken wings
2: is a, is a better value proposition.
1: Yeah. But let me tell you, I think the star of the whole river sampler platter was the fried green tomatoes.
2: Couldn't agree more.
1: Because they weren't overly thick, and they weren't overly watery, you know? I mean...
2: That's because they weren't overly thick.
1: They were nice and thin slices, they were well-breaded, and Mm -hmm. I want to say it was a combination of flour and cornmeal that adhered to the tomato really well.
2: Yeah, I was going to say it was either cornmeal or cracker meal, but the breading was perfect for these. And you hit the nail on the head. A lot of places will try to give you a nice, really thick piece of tomato. Yeah. And what they don't realize is that as that tomato heats up in the oil, it gives up a lot of juice. And Mm. you end up with a really soggy tomato after just a minute or two sitting on the plate.
0: Yeah, unless you do seed them, I guess.
2: And these were not soggy at all.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I really liked the fried green tomatoes. I, I would have, I would have them. They offer them as an appetizer for nine dollars on their own, Mm -hmm. or a side to any meal for six bucks. I probably get them as a side with some of that barbecue that we that we were smelling. And we did get to sample a little bit of the barbecue in the Southern oh, yeah. Barbecue Chips. Oh, yeah. Which I feel like is a really great bang for your buck.
2: This, this I think, is of the two appetizers we got is the better value proposition. Yeah. The, the $10 Southern Barbecue Chips are basically barbecue nachos. Yes, and, and instead of using tortilla chips, they use fresh-made kettle chips.
1: Yes, slow-smoked barbecue pulled pork over handmade potato chips and topped with cheddar jack cheese, served with warm avocado ranch of their own, according to their menu. Yes, and it was smoky. The meat was tender and juicy the cheese just gave you know that you had that pull of the cheese and the crispiness of the chips and the the smoky tanginess of the barbecue Oh yeah I I loved that and the and the fried green tomatoes the most
2: yeah I could actually see a scenario where you get like maybe a, a pulled pork uh, sandwich yeah with the fried green tomatoes yeah. and maybe a couple of those fried green tomatoes land on the sandwich. Oh, you eat
1: can you imagine?
2: Yeah. Um, this, this was, I think one of the best thing, probably one of the best things we had all weekend truthfully, because this was fresh made yeah. off that smoker sitting out front and just incredibly juicy meat. They didn't overdo it. Yeah. The, the chips, I love good kettle chips. I, I love the, yeah. the the thick cut of the of Crunchy. the chip. I love the and the crunch. And those are Salty. are made. Goodness. Th- yeah. They're but they're also durable enough to hold up to dipping or yeah um, being the vehicle for other stuff. So they they do really yeah. well for something like this.
1: Yeah, they are a great backbone to that. To that appetizer so
2: mm-hmm. I
1: really enjoyed our samplings at Linger Lodge we got to get there on a Sunday
2: I, I would go back up there on a day trip yeah. anytime yeah. this is a place I think is it's a little bit I guess it's that lost roadside Americana yeah. it's a little bit off the beaten path mm-hmm. it's worth the drive it's only uh, 45 minutes to an hour south of Tampa it's a, about 45 minutes north of Sarasota yeah 30, 30, 40 minutes north of Sarasota. Mm-hmm. It is it is just fantastic. It, it, it's kind of like going back in time a little bit. Yeah. But they have, with these menu items, like I said, that, that uh, river sampler is a taste of Florida, and mm-hmm. that southern barbecue, oh, it's killer.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it makes you thirsty.
2: It does. And although we're not covering... Th- this is not the drink portion. Right. We we did get ourselves uh, something that is y- kind of unique to the Linger Lodge while we were there, and yeah, you, it attracted our attention by because of its name.
1: Well, from Naughty Monk Brewery, right there in the area, as I r- recall, mm-hmm. is Linger Lager, so it's aptly named to be served there, and. <sighs> It was just delightful, and um, it, it was a nice lager, a bready lager, a light, light, and just refreshing compliment to the meal, I think.
2: Yeah, not super heavy ABV. Uh, this I think uh, goes in at like four. What what is it? Four six four eight.
1: Four eight. I think it was listed at when we were looking at Untapped and, and their website and trying to do some research there.
2: So, yeah, it's a, a nice pale yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Moderate moderate carbonation, very crisp. Yeah. J- just I mean, the perfect accompaniment to fried food.
1: Yep. Nice and refreshing. Nice and refreshing.
2: So. And also a great accompaniment to smoked food. So the uh, fried, deep fried things and smoked things. One is really heavy in the stomach. The other is really heavy on the palate.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: And, and you get a crisp beer like this and mm. it, it, it kind of cuts through all that.
1: Yeah. So that was nice. And again, it's not what we're covering for the show. I'd love to go back and I'd love to cover that brewery for the show. Yes. But we did have it alongside the appetizer uh, plates that we had at Linger Lodge. So. Yes. So
2: if you're heading down that way, check out the lager that is named for them.
1: Yes. And but, speaking of drinks.
2: Yeah. This was not all that we found in the Bradenton area while we were driving up.
1: Well, we, we should say that we found Motorworks Brewing at the Tampa Beer Run. And not only once, but twice at the Tampa Beer Run. The Tampa Beer Run was the very first run we had on the show, although Motorworks was featured on the second and third editions of the Tampa Beer Run. And mm-hmm. that's how we got introduced to MotorWorks. The winter edition featured, if you go back and you look on runeatdrink.net, if you go to the shows page and you search for MotorWorks, you'll mm-hmm. see it on the winter edition of the Tampa Beer Run when we got to experience the cruiser Kolsch. And the third edition, when you had to go on, as, on your own because I was under the weather, we mm-hmm. did the, uh, we got you got to experience the V-Twin Lager so we covered that on
2: the show. Yes.
1: So, we have every to time we
2: yeah, and every time we've had their their beers there, we've just been really impressed with the quality, the flavor, and we said, you know, we got to check these guys out and see what yeah. they're all about. So, this was a great opportunity for us to to do just that. So, we decided to pop in. Yes. Uh, to their tap room slash brewery and uh oh,
1: their, Bradenton. Space. their space is gorgeous
2: and the first thing it's you huge. notice well you 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 see the building it's this brick building and it doesn't look that big and but then that's you walk deceiving. in yeah and it's like the TARDIS from doctor who that just opens up and it's enormous
1: it is. And they have just an, a huge outdoor space. And well,
2: yeah. Well well their outdoor space has like seating on the grass and then they have a deck and they're seating up on the deck. Mm -hmm. And they've got a stage for musical acts. They have an entire dedicated area outside to cornhole. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: They have a a little uh, patio, that wraparound patio that goes out towards the front of the building Mm -hmm. that's kind of away from everything else. Yeah. And they have an ex- a movie projector outside that projects uh, movies onto the wall of the building, onto a screen.
1: And they have a space inside. Their bar is super long. Their yes. Their tap room has seating inside. And they have a place where musical acts and movies can be shown inside as well.
2: And they have some really cool uh, movie seating right by the yes. movie screen as well. And they do like a, a hosted movie night there yeah. where you can come and, and watch a movie. They have a partnership with a local restaurant. We're going oh. to get talk, talk about that in a minute. Yes. And then you can watch movies and have you know have their beers and have food. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a really neat place. And they everything is kind of based on... Uh, muscle cars is yeah. their their inspiration for their naming conventions and yeah. their decor, and it's just a a really neat place.
1: Oh, yes, and the the partnership that you mentioned, that is Rocco's Pizza and Pasta Grill. They'll deliver like your server at the oh. tap room, or your bartender will take your order and put it in, and. They deliver right to you wherever you are at Motorworks, indoor, outdoor, whatever. And they also have food trucks as well. But let me just tell you, this Rocco's pizza and pasta grill. I mean, this we had the chicken parm sandwich, we split it for eleven twenty five. And I think it came with fries.
2: It did come with fries.
1: Not that it even needed the fries because the sandwich was huge and the chicken was nice and tender with crunchy breading and oh and the the tomato sauce the marinara and the the cheese oh it was just delightful
2: yeah this really did taste like they they made a chicken parmigiana uh, entree
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then they and then they took all the care that they would make that with. And mm-hmm. they, they just took the chicken, the sauce, the cheese, and then put that on a bun. Yeah. It wasn't like they they didn't cut a corner. They didn't go, oh, this is just the sandwich version. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really made a killer sandwich. And yeah. our our server, the the, the bartender. Who was there? She was telling us that you know this this is a place that that she absolutely um, would recommend and will go and and loves that place. And I believe that she said she worked there.
1: She worked there, and she's having them cater her wedding. Yes, she loves it so much.
2: So, so. that was that was I thought that spoke that a very well. That was yes. a big
1: bonus there. And, of course, because it's, you know, MotorWorks Brewing, we had to have flights.
2: Yes.
0: We
1: had to have flights.
2: And not only did we have flights, we, since we were heading up to Donna, we had all of our recording equipment with us. We basically pulled out the recording equipment yeah. and we recorded ourselves going through the flights. And that's what we've, we've got for you guys this week.
1: So, without further ado, here is our hot take on our gigantic flights at Motorworks Brewing. Hey, it's Amy from the Runny Drink Podcast at runnydrink.net. We are here at Motorworks Brewing in Bradenton, Florida. And if that sounds familiar, we had Motorworks Brewing at the Tampa Beer Run. The first
2: race we did for the podcast yes. then.
1: And and that is your co-host Dana that, that you hear. We both got flights.
2: What better way to learn about the beers that a brewery offers than to get a tasting sample.
1: And their flights would come in, you you could have a one four ounce pour, you could have four, you could have all the way up to, what, what did our server Monica say? Up to, I mean, you could up you could six. have the entire roster of beers, but her tip is that she's going to serve them to us in four to six at a
2: time. Yeah, she doesn't want your beers getting cold, which makes right. total sense.
1: Getting getting warm oh, and sorry, getting, yeah, getting warm yeah, and like kind of just losing the character fresh out of the tap. Why don't you start us off? Okay. The first one in my flight of six, yes, I maxed out. That one is called the Roll Cage, and that is—I want to know where that name came from,
2: personally. Well, the motif here is all automotive. I mean, they've got a big block. Uh, Do you engine. think that's like a,
1: a race car? Yeah, thing?
2: it's a roll cage in a in a race car. It's exactly. Oh, what okay. It
1: is. I got it because it immediately spoke to me as a red ale, six point five percent ABV, and fifty. IBU. Okay. It says the amber-colored and medium-bodied strong yet balanced caramel notes with a hint of chocolate and an herbal hop note that lingers at the finish.
2: And this is one of their core beers.
1: It is also an award-winning beer. Very nice. 2015, 2017, and 2019 U.S. beer-tasting Grand National Champion.
2: Very nice. Yeah. Let's see what you uh, think of this one.
1: They reference the herbal hop note that lingers at the finish, and they are not joking about that. Okay. Yeah. It is... Tell me more. I can see through it. Its body is amber in color, but you can see through the glass when you hold it up to the light. But it still has the caramel notes. I mean, they describe a hint of chocolate. I don't get that. Maybe because the the bitter hop at the end comes soon after that caramel note.
2: Okay. Okay. So, but is it pleasant?
1: Yes, it's pleasant. It's a little bit hoppier than other red ales that we have tried, but it is definitely
2: a good offering. Awesome. What do you have? Well, I'm starting out with one of their small batch seasonal offerings, and this one is called their birthday carrot cake brown ale. I'm so jealous that you got that in yours. Well, there's a reason In I started flight. writing almost immediately. We got our we got our, our cards, and we we're like, we're not going to overlap, and I started writing immediately because yeah, yeah, I am yeah. a sucker for carrot cake.
1: Go ahead. And
2: the description on this is that it's an imperial brown ale, clocking it at 8.5 ABV. 25 pounds of shredded carrots, pecans, marshmallows, cinnamon, toasted coconut, and fresh vanilla beans give this brew a wonderfully sweet, smooth, and nutty flavor profile with a subtle spice. This looks like a nice clear but deep amber color.
1: Yeah, it looks darker than the roll cage, actually.
2: Yeah, and immediately smells like carrot cake. Like before I even take a sip, this has a nice medium body. Mm -hmm. It is just like a liquid carrot cake. I mean, there's there's no question. I think this has a sweetness to it. This has the spice. Mm. This has everything that you would absolutely expect from carrot cake. I, I do think this might be better suited for almost a dessert beer.
1: Ooh, it's that sweet, huh? Mm-hmm. Really?
2: Yeah, but it, nice. is, it is excellent. And if you're a sucker for carrot cake like me, wonderful offering. So I, I can't recommend it enough.
1: Can we? We're trading now. Ooh, that aroma of carrot cake on Before yours. Before you even sip it. Oh,
2: my god.
1: I think you could have it with a heavier meal and not just a dessert, but it is sweet and it is carrot cake, liquid carrot cake. You make an accurate description.
2: Well, I'm glad that you think so. And
1: How do you feel about the roll cage? I
2: think you were spot on. I am a sucker for for, uh, red ales anyway, Mm -hmm. and again, that gives you just enough bitterness to kind of let you know it's there but it's not overpowering yeah and I it think smells that's great so great you get that combination of the maltiness and the bitterness perfect so wow go to your second one what do you got
1: well i have something called the hudson which is a hefeweizen 5.5 percent abv traditional unfiltered german hefe with banana flavors and spicy clove aromas full-bodied with light citrus undertones and a dry clove finish. Oh, okay. So, it 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 sounds like they're describing something that would be akin to big storms, category 3. Yeah. Belgian. Yeah, maybe. And it but it looks really light.
2: Like the category 1.
1: Like the category 1, like a really light yellow.
2: This looks like a hoo garden uh, yeah. from the pour. I'll be curious what the pr- flavor profile is. Clove
1: aroma, like uh-huh. a medium carbonation, almost like dried banana, you know, like the dried fruits, but I don't think it's as heavy on the clove flavor as you taste it the same way that
2: Hogarden is. Okay. So more of the aroma than the flavor.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's a really light body, more like a a category one
2: Mm
1: -hmm. than a a category three, because I thought category three had a heavier body.
2: Yeah, and these are, these are, when we say the category, we're talking yeah. about the Big Storm category mm-hmm. series beers that they did over the summer.
1: Yes. What do you have next? Well, up next for I liked m- it. me
2: is, <laughs> so. I, I went a little even darker. I went with something called their Midnight Quartet. This is their Nitro Coffee Porter that they say comes in at 6.5% ABV. Okay. Midnight espresso dosed with four times the usual amount of coffee and served on nitro. Rich, roasty, smooth. That's their description, and I will tell you that it looks like either a baby Guinness or Ooh. a um, almost a shot of espresso. The, the head on it has kind of settled. So but true. But it still looks like the crema of a espresso shot. This It's really
1: dark. You can't see through that, can you? Not at
2: all. Not at all. Totally just opaque. The, the coffee is immediate on the nose. The... Like I said, the head has reduced, but it hasn't completely dissipated, and it looks like the crema on a fresh-pulled shot of espresso. That is smooth because of the nitro. The nitro gives it uh, an effervescence that's very different than CO2, so you get just a creaminess and and a nice, heavier mouthfeel. So I would call this a heavy-bodied, Um, Porter.
1: So you couldn't have several pints
2: in a row? No, I don't think so. Um, I I typically, if I'm doing a porter or heavy-bodied stout like this, I would probably save that for end of the meal. So I've had a couple Mm -hmm. of heavier options here, Yeah. Um, but this has a smoothness and a sweetness.
1: Or it's kind of good that they'll let you have just a four-ounce pour of that
2: here. And it's perfect for flights. Yeah. Perfect. And I, I did half, my flight is half dark, half light. Oh, so such
1: coffee. It's immediate.
2: Aroma. Isn't it?
1: It is like a shot of espresso.
2: But there's a little sugar in it, mm. or a little sweetness to it that you're not expecting.
1: But it's really slight. Yes. That slight sweetness. That is, oh my God. Here,
2: how do you like we're the trade, Hudson? We're trading again, so I'm going to try her Hudson. Yeah, I want your
1: hot take on the Hudson. Oh, I, that I'm is, such a geek,
2: sorry. I, I really think this is kind of their version of Hogarden. Um, you're right. It's more banana than clove. Yes. But the body is so light on this that uh, easy to drink, very approachable. This would not I don't think this would scare a lot of people off if no. they're wanting to try a heifer no. for the first time.
1: It's not really heavy. I think it's nice no. for a hot day in Florida.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So nice choice. And this would be a great beer if you're enjoying their beer garden here.
1: The next one I have is sitting right underneath that birthday cake uh, birthday carrot cake brown ale you had uh-huh it's called frost fang
2: i looked at this one
1: frost fang is a russian imperial stout 9.1 abv so you're not having a whole lot of these right off no roasted coffee and toasted marshmallow aromas laden with vanilla cocoa and a slight whiskey character complemented by a dry, oaky and black malt finish.
2: This sounds so interesting to me. I cannot wait to hear your take on this. Or to trade and (sighs) taste it. And, And that is... It, as black as night. Yeah, in that you can't glass. see there's through m- this at all, and no. it doesn't
1: have much of a head on it either. Nope. And the, uh, I mean, uh, the aroma is chocolatey to me. What did they, what did they say about the aroma? Well, it's marshmallow a, aroma. I'm not sure that I get marshmallow.
2: Maybe after you swallow. Hmm.
1: There's a, there's a bitterness that lingers on the finish, but you, you get the vanilla. It's not. It doesn't coat your mouth the same way as like say a Marshall Zukov would.
2: Okay. Or it's a Yeti.
1: Or a Yeti that has a really thick, almost syrupy body. Okay. I think it's
2: lighter than that.
1: It's lighter than that, but it's still it's still a heavier body. So you can't have like because of the A B V you're not gonna have
2: several. But the A B V and the body on beers makes such a difference in the experience, yeah, I think. Because while you cannot physically taste alcohol, alcohol uh, grain alcohol is odorless, colorless, tasteless. Mm. It does contribute to the way it sits in your stomach, to me. And yeah. And uh, it higher ABV beers, and then when you get something with a higher, a thicker body, it just it makes all the difference in how how you feel after you've had the pint or had a taste.
1: I can see if you have a pint of this, it would be very, very filling. Yeah. But it's not a syrupy coat your mouth type. Okay. And the flavors... Is it I, sweet? It's not sweet like marshmallows. It's not like sweet like a chocolate cupcake. It's the whiskey, I think, that balances out the vanilla and the marshmallow okay. that they reference in the description. Nice. I think you should try it.
2: Okay. Well, let's see. Right off the bat, you're not wrong about the body. It's not as heavy as you would think it's going no. to be, given that given the no appearance, li- no light passing through it. And yeah. it's listed as an imperial stout. mm mm-hmm. um, the whiskey notes, I think, really are taming those marshmallow, chocolate, coffee. So
1: that sweetness doesn't overtake you, right? Yeah.
2: And then there's that, That with it being an imperial stout, that means you got more hop in it and you're getting that hoppy bitterness at the On end. On the end. That's, that's it's an aftertaste. Characteristic. Yeah, that lingers. Well, I like the name. Yeah. Frostfang. I, well, I went for my next one, since now for my number three, I went with <laughs> one of their core beers. This is their Cruiser. Kolsch. And this is listed as 4.8 ABV and only 26 IBU, so, you know, down on the bitterness scale. This is Pilsner and Wheat Malts lend a light gold color to this refreshing beer. Using all German hops, it has a soft, fruity sweetness and a crisp, clean finish. This is a 2016 2017 Best Florida Beer Championship Gold Medal winner. So, I am very curious. I love Kolsch's. I love, you hear me talk about poolside beers I, and lawnmower beers. Yes, you have talked about those and like poolside Kolsch. And poolside Kolsch is actually one by J-Dubs. J-Dubs Brewing, which is just down the road. And our food just arrived too, so it's mm, very yep. cool. Um, this has a very clear look to it, a light golden color with a... It's light yellow. The head has subsided on this one a, a little bit, but yeah. it is, you know, it's still uh, still there. Nothing really on the nose in terms of the smell.
1: Some are deceptive like that. You can't really get uh, an aroma and you don't get the flavors until you actually imbibe.
2: Right. Well, this has a nice, pleasant, very mild carbonation and they're not wrong. The, the the sweetness they talk about is not like sugar sweetness. It's mm-hmm. more like the grain sweetness. Oh. So it's it's not um, it's not cloyingly sweet at all, but it's a nice sort of almost bready. Oh bready. Almost. Yeah. But, but this is a I would call this a perfect hot weather beer. Oh. You're gonna like this, I think. Yeah? Yeah. This is this is one you could do three or four of these while you're watching Ooh. one of their movies you know i like uber this. over here get some food watch a movie have a few of these this is really nice it's really it's it's so light and crisp and refreshing and it, when you talk you know a, a brewery like this here in florida oh my gosh where our summertime temperatures are in the high 90s with high humidity all the time feels
1: like 101 yeah feels like mm. temperatures
2: in the three digits most of the summer here mm-hmm. it's that's mm. a great option
1: I love this one. Yeah, that's
2: a really good beer. Yes. So um, that's so far for me is my standout in my flight.
1: And what was its name again?
2: That is the Cruiser Kolsch. It's the one Cruiser, of their core beers. The
1: Cruiser Kolsch.
2: Yes. Okay. So what's up next for you?
1: Number four. One, two, three. We're on number four. I just got this one because I like the name, which is Pulp, Pulp Friction. I see what they did there. Pulp Friction. A grapefruit IPA. Yes, you heard it. I chose an IPA in the flight. 6.3 ABV. I did not read this part. 85 Ooh. IBU.
2: Oh, Lordy. Here we go.
1: High on the bitterness. Well, that's I don't know. I guess that's relative, right? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, anyway. it's
2: relative, relative to the 100, which is the maximum. <laughs> so enjoy that.
1: Okay. Well, you're going to have some too. So Maybe. golden orange, huge. Freshly squeezed grapefruit aroma and juicy citrus flavor, supported by pale malt. 2017 Best Florida Beer Championship,
2: gold. Huh. Okay. Mm. Well, the color is very nice. It's a deeper gold than what we got with the. Kulsch. Oh, dude. Just a minute ago.
1: I'm telling you, there's a hoppy aroma.
0: Just.
2: She's smell making. Smell it when she's you. Making a face just from the when, from the. When aroma. I hand
1: it to you, smell it before you drink it. Okay. Okay. Because it it smells pretty hoppy. Okay. Okay. And the color, I would say it's not a lighter yellow. I would say it's a medium golden. Medium golden.
2: It's very pretty. It's a good looking beer. Oh, there's a smile here. Dana. (laughs) Not what I expected from the smell.
1: Not. It's very unexpected from the smell. I get grapefruit through and through. It's like you sat... You know how some people have a half a grapefruit, yeah. for breakfast. My dad did every day. It is exactly like that. the The aroma is deceptive. Okay. Yeah, and it's super light in body. I
2: and just something I'm noticing as you're drinking it, the the lacing on the side of the glass, yeah. it's got a nice hold on the glass. It's very, again, this is just looks like a well crafted beer.
1: This is awesome.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I can't. Good I find. mean, you know.
1: I think that Greg Gebhard from Nice Guy's Pizza would be very proud of us and happy that we have expanded our palates to include citrus IPAs. Greg's
2: a good friend of ours. He's one of the proprietors of Nice Guy's, and he's been trying to get us on the IPA bandwagon for the better part of six years. So, Yep. Um, he may have succeeded. So he may have succeeded. Smell it. Okay, you're not wrong. It yeah. does have a very strong, almost like, um, l- like the pithy – Bitterness from a grapefruit peel smell.
1: From the white part. Yeah. From the white part of the peel.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's. You're not. Isn't wrong. it awesome? That is absolutely. Holy cow. And it doesn't have a lot of bitterness to it.
1: No. But the smell is deceptive, right?
2: The smell is more bitter than the flavor, if that oh. makes any sense at all. And it, it, you, you guys so out there know what we're talking about.
1: It's so good. I would have a whole pint of
2: that. And yeah. what, I mean. It's a medium body, though. So that's. Um, yeah. Again, I, I think that. What's the ABV? Six point three. Okay, so it's a little higher. I don't know if you you would have. It's a, a mid range, you know. But you might yeah. have a couple, might maybe a with couple. a hearty meal. With a meal, yeah, right. absolutely. What's next on your agenda, sir? I I ended up going with another one of their small batch and seasonal offerings. Yes. I went with their Schwarzbier. Schwarzbier is German for black beer. Um, this is listed as four point eight ABV, and they say in their menu. This variant of a Munich Dunkel has hints of roasted malt and subtle sweetness that is paired well with a smooth medium body and clean finish. This is a darker amber, almost to the point of being a, a porter. Almost. It does let some light through. There's not much in the way of a, a, a remaining head that's subsided, but it does have nice lacing on the glass. This is very smooth and... The, the carbonation's very mild, and it is uh, that maltiness, this is absolutely malt, emphasizes the malts, deemphasizes the hops, clean finish, absolutely. There's no lingering aftertaste, no lingering bitterness. This is, this is just kind of a celebration of, the, uh, of maltiness to me.
1: I love maltiness.
2: You're gonna love this beer then. Okay. And uh, what is its name? Schwartzbeer.
1: Schwartz beer. Do yeah. you did you get it because of a reference to like space balls
2: or <laughs> like? Uh, maybe.
1: It smells a little
2: sweeter. It does. And it, it has a malty sweetness, but it's it's not
1: But the body is lighter than the color lets on.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I like Very it. Very much Ooh, so multi character. See? All about it. There's would you have a pint of this? I,
2: absolutely, because I would. Yeah, yeah. Four point eight ABV. You could do it. Great too. flavor.
1: This is a darker beer at a lower ABV. Yes. So if you're a dark beer fan, like a Guinness fan, or um, this would be perfect. Yes,
2: uh, I think this has more malty character mm. than a Guinness does. Yes, and it does. But it's but it's a very good-tasting beer. What's next?
1: I would guess it's my turn. It is now your turn. I just want you all to know that I am not driving, because the next one that I have <laughs> is
2: a Belgian Quad. Oh, they've got a couple on the menu here. Yes. Which one did you get with?
1: This one is the BA Belgian Quad uh-huh. at 10% ABV, and... I believe that the B.A. means barrel aged. You are correct, ma'am. Even though that's not in the description it says. Actually, Our, it is. Is it? Oh, yeah. maybe I just have to read further, you know. I mean. it, well,
2: it doesn't say aged. It says rested.
1: Oh, rested. Yeah. Even though that's not in the description. Okay. Yeah. I stand corrected. Our Belgian quad rested on Siesta Key spiced rum barrels
2: another local distillery that here in that is uh, sarasota Florida. yes
1: yes imparting caribbean spices and loads of cinnamon that complement the rich flavors adding a warm pleasant balance
2: oh i can't wait to hear it. the look on this one is all it's a dark
1: yeah i'm like just looking you, at it from across the table i can't table. see through it at all it has no
2: head No head. It's a dark brown, but it's almost a cloudy brown. It smells syrupy. Is that weird? No. To say that? No. It doesn't surprise me, being that the barrel aging on the rum barrels, that rum's got all that sugar cane flavor in it, but the, the look of it is almost a cloudy brown. It's weird. It's a
1: cloudy brown. Yeah, it is a cloudy brown. And the aroma is a boozy aroma. Okay. Yeah. It's easy for beers
2: to pick up a couple of percent ABV just from the barrel aging. Yeah. So this looks like it picked Mm. up a lot of character from that barrel.
1: Yeah. This has such a boozy character. Yes. So you can taste the 10%. Yeah.
2: Can you taste the rum, though? It is
1: sweet.
2: Oh. Okay.
1: I think it's sweet. Its body is not syrupy, its body is a medium to heavy body. The carbonation is light. This is almost like a dessert beer.
2: You said really so light. R-
1: I get a whole lot of sugar and I know Which What do you that mean that really light? I, the body? The body is lighter, it's not syrupy.
2: That is so surprising given the it way this looks. It doesn't coat the glass when you swirl it, is what I mean. You're not kidding. That is absolutely sweet. It's delightful. Brown sugar. Brown sugar, all the way. Um, All the way. Yeah, the cinnamon notes I get. You absolutely get the the barrel on this. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic, but I don't think you could do... I don't think that would be one to pick for a whole pint. I
1: think you could have a four ounce of this maybe with... A slice of key lime pie, or good call, something like that, so you have the tartness and the sweetness. Yeah,
2: I went with another option that they have from their small batch and seasonals, and this is their New England Pale Ale. This is a hazy pale ale coming in at four and a half ABV. New England. This 100% mosaic dry-hopped northeast pale ale delivers distinct tangerine and passion fruit aromatics light body and bursting with juicy tangerine flavor supported by mild hop character. We learned last year at the Donna when mm. we went up to Jacksonville that we were actually big fans of the hazy northeastern IPA style of beers. Thanks to Southern Swells. Thanks to the guys at Southern Swells. Now this is a hazy light yellow, but it is transparent. Yeah. it's just got a light It's cloudy. Clou- it's got a little cloudiness to it. The head has subsided, but it's got nice lacing on the glass, so some mm-hmm. of it's hanging on. Um, yeah. It does look like a light body just from when I swirl it around the taster here. And let me see how it tastes.
1: I think the New England and the name of it or in the description of it kind of won you over.
2: Well, that that actually it, it, because I know that that's a style that I enjoy. Yes. Um, this absolutely tastes, has a very strong taste of the tangerine but almost the tangerine peel that pithy Ooh, the citrus on pulp. the nose it's very citrusy it's not super bitter so very pleasant oh, mm-hmm. this would be light. a great one for people and yeah the body's light which you don't get a lot in some of these um, mm. some of these IPAs mm. that you see out there are really high 890% ABV medium to heavy body and they blow your taste buds out with Ooh. the hoppiness this is kind of the opposite this yeah. is low abv light body mild hoppiness and a lot yeah. of citrus forward and um, there's just a slight slight
1: bitterness after the citrus that lingers on your tongue yes on the back of your tongue
2: yep oh very pleasant yeah so totally close, I out, have, close out
1: yours i have a lavender lemonade okay. a lavender lemonade a lemon shandy with lavender at three percent. So I think this is the lowest on my spectrum right here.
2: Three percent.
1: So I went from the highest to my lowest. Wow, okay. It is almost clear in looking at it's, it's a
2: very pale I mean, yellow. Yeah, but it's a super, very pale. Yeah, there's there's no yeah. cloudiness whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Now no head. we we dosed our island time lemon shandy with French lavender for a refreshingly herbal twist on this light citrusy shandy that's perfect for summertime. I, the body indicates that it's perfect for summertime. I get some of the lavender on the nose. Okay, I'm very curious. And lemon in the body. This looks super, super lemon light. Lemon in the body. Not really overly carbonated.
2: Sometimes that's needed though, especially for, again, hot weather beers, mm. that lower carbonation makes them more drinkable. Yeah, it's drinkable. a
1: medium, yeah, it's like, it's not, in your face with the carbonation, so it doesn't it doesn't lace the glass so much. A no. little bit if, no. as you swirl it, super light and easy drinking.
2: Uh-huh.
1: The lavender notes are really evident, but so is the lemon.
2: Is it is it kind of upfront, or is it after you swallow?
1: It's it's upfront and and kind of, there's no aftertaste really.
2: So it's very clean. Yeah. Oh, you're not kidding. The yeah. lemon and the lavender are right there. Mm-hmm. That is so crisp and refreshing. Yeah. This, again, poolside. Yep. Lawnmower. Uh, or ju- with some
1: great seafood.
2: With great, yeah. Oh. Great fuller of seafood. Yeah, yeah. This would be great. Uh, seafood or chicken, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this mm-hmm, would be good for, for sure. chicken.
1: Yeah. So good. So nice good. Nice
2: pick, Aim. Mm. Well, I saved my, my last beer also as a lavender beer. Nice. These these guys here at Motor Works are doing some kind of creative stuff. Yeah. But I went with their Scotch Ale, and this is called their Lavender Ale. It's a Scottish ale with lavender, and it clocks in at six percent ABV. Oh, a little higher. Good, twice as high. <laughs> this is as it says here, brewed with golden promise malt grown in Scotland and french lavender this ale's floral slightly fruity flavors are balanced by its sweet biscuity malt backbone that Ooh. is a that's a staple when you, when you see scotch ales that that biscuity flavors this is a medium it uh, looks reddish yellow reddish almost amber yeah. in color but not quite yeah a little lighter than an amber
1: more like a sunset Good call. Yeah.
2: Good call. Um, Not a lot of head on this one. Little, you know, know, lacing that kind of sticks with you, but then subsides after a couple of seconds. Not much on the nose. Maybe a little bit of the lavender. Very moderate carbonation. The biscuit notes you get after you swallow. Mmm. The lavender permeates it. You definitely permeates it
1: when you taste it at first. Yes.
2: Yeah. The lavender is definitely there. Um, this is probably one of the lighter bodied scotch ales that I've ever had. Oh. And very nice drinking. This you could do a pint of without any problem. Assuming you like lavender. And I've You gotta like lavender, yeah. For the the last two
1: we've had, for for the last two that have been like the lavender lemonade that I had, you gotta like lavender.
2: Yeah. So tell me what you think on that one.
1: Yeah, you gotta like lavender for this.
2: This is a lighter body than you would expect for, for a scotch ale.
1: Yeah, and when I think Scotch, I think super red in the color, but this is like uh, a combination of red and yellow like you see at a sunset.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Most Scotch ales that we order tend to be a, heavy, a medium to heavy body. This is Yeah. A, this is a light body. And a darker red. Good finds, all in all. I mean, I think that uh, there's not a single one here that I didn't enjoy in my flight, really, or your flight. They have a very, from what we're able to see with these 12 beers, and I believe that they said that they have... Um, 24 or 27
1: taps, taps. A lot of taps. I thought she said 32.
2: I don't see <laughs> any guest taps, and I'm not seeing anything listed. This no. is also unusual. They have a full bar here, and they yes. do craft cocktails as well.
1: Yes, original cocktails as well.
2: So this, there's a lot to offer here at yes. the tap room, and I think that you, if you are coming down to Southwest Florida... And you're mm. in the in the area. Bradenton's just a little bit north of Sarasota, a little yep. bit south of Tampa, right on the south side of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. Yep. This is going to be a place that you should definitely consider stopping by. Absolutely, Spend a couple hours in your afternoon and really take it in and enjoy it. Check out their special events. They have beer pong tournaments. They have trivia nights. They have movie nights. They've got cornhole nights. They've got all kinds of activities and what a welcoming cool space this is it's awesome and and we walked in and our beer tender she's been amazing oh Monica. monica shout
1: out to monica yeah
2: monica rocks yeah so come say hi to her yes She's been waving at us while we've been recording. And she's
1: very knowledgeable on Rocco's Italian menu.
2: Yeah. In fact, she was even telling us that she used to work there, and she still orders from there and is even having them cater her wedding. So yes. with pending nuptials, we want to say congratulations. congratulations, And uh, we can't wait to dig into the food there. But this isn't the food segment of this show. No. So uh, for now, we're going to sign off.
1: That was such a great time, wasn't it?
2: I... I'm looking forward to going back, doing a day trip up, and just kind of making a day of it when they've got musical acts or something going on in that outdoor space.
1: Oh, I can't wait! I just think we got to find a race there, or I mean, we just maybe we maybe there's a park up there or somewhere. You know how we found out Lopez Park through the Tampa Beer Run, and we uh, planned some training runs up there. We we got to we got to do that in Bradenton. Or, or
2: I will even if we can't be there for the race because we can't get in. If anybody's going to be running the Skyway 10K oh, coming up, yes, I think that you'd be crazy not to. If you find yourself on the south side of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, you're crazy not to head on down to Motor Works oh, and make that your post race or post run um, meet up spot, celebratory and get, place. Get some lunch and celebrate. What an yeah, awesome place
1: it is. It is. I can't wait to go back. So that that does it for this week. We it's we, hard to believe. We made it.
2: We made it. We and made it. the technology it's, appears to be holding yeah, up. So yeah.
1: I think it's a little bit of an oversized episode. You well, know. Um but uh
2: Hopefully everybody thinks that it's it's oversized but well worth it. So and I I just
1: um, I think it's because we were able to have an oversized oversized flight at Motorworks. You know, the yes, yeah, the larger flights that we got to sample more of their their brews there. So.
2: Yeah. Well, we hope hope that you guys enjoy it. Let us know what you think of that format. Um, yeah. We'd like to get an idea from you all.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, this will probably be a great a great episode for a longer run. Mm-hmm. And
0: Absolutely.
2: And I think that next week we're going to have something similar because yes. we yes. have some very special content coming up.
1: I'm so excited. And I think you are. I mean, I'm fangirling. You're a little bit awestruck as well. We, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't wait to share next week's episode. It is an interview episode. And yeah, we don't
2: often do interviews. I mean, we yeah. try to get a few in uh, here and there, but uh, we, we try to find the right ones. And yeah. we, we think that we've done a good job in the past, but yeah. we really were able to get some people that we are huge fans of on the show.
1: You. You all have had a great response and we've had some great feedback from the episode we did back in January talking about our story and how we got into running and how we got into finding our way to being 70 pounds down and living a healthier lifestyle to to get more out of life and to live longer and enjoy life with each other. And part of that is... The, the way we eat and, and how we came to that was supported by Ray Cronice, Ray, Cray Ray, as Pen would call him, Cronice, and Juliana Hever, Juliana Hever from the Science and Saucery podcast. But we are big fans of them from their book that was recently released in December called The Span Solution, How and What to Eat to Add Life to Your Years, 100 Easy Whole Food Recipes.
2: Now, this is the second book that they've collaborated on. When we started going plant-based a couple of years ago, uh, their first book that they did, which was The Idiot's Guide to Plant-Based uh, Nutrition, was very informative for us making choices that were going to help us get everything that we need nutritionally. And now their, their work that they've been doing Mm -hmm. has, has led them to this book and we've been cooking recipes out of it. Well, we got to sit down with them for about an hour and a half and have just a great conversation about their research, things that they have discovered, the conclusions they've come to, the book itself, mm-hmm. and just seeing these two people with incredibly diverse backgrounds. I mean, she started as a theater major mm-hmm. and then ended up majoring and getting her master's degree in in uh, nutrition and is a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. And... Ray started as a NASA scientist in the 80s and then founded Zero G, which was the company that let people take rides in the vomit comet. Yeah. uh, Which you have always in the civilian world. Yeah. I have. And because I'm a giant space nerd. Yes. And how these two seemingly have nothing in common ended up coming to some very similar conclusions and then. And then teaming up,
0: yeah,
2: it's yeah. a neat story. Their podcast, Science and Saucery, is yeah. one that I listen to all the time. Yep. And I, I just finished their most recent episode right before we we interviewed them, and I'm looking forward. To, uh, that was one where they were talking about men's sexual health, and um, yeah. then right before that, they interviewed Penn Penn Gillette. Gillette. and. So um, they've got a fantastic show, and we're gonna have them on yeah. next. I I believe next week.
1: Yeah, I think it is next week. But we were we'll uh, we'll have
2: that episode edited together and out.
1: So excited about that. Yeah.
2: But so stay tuned for that.
1: Stay tuned, and I mean, for now, the the thing you can do we we welcome your feedback about this episode and its audio quality and. Um, the interview straight from the brewery, but it would really be ever so helpful if you headed on over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a rating and review. Search for the show, leave us a rating, leave us a review, leave us both. If you've been inspired by our show, we we can't tell you enough how that helps us get discovered and how it helps to grow our Runcation nation that...
2: Yeah. The, the Apple's algorithms, you know, they want recent reviews. So if you could do that for us, it means the world to us. It helps other people find us. And that, that is so important when there's so many podcasts out there.
1: And if you want to share a race or a place to eat or drink that you've been to or in your hometown, you can leave us a one minute message with your name, where you're from, and what you want to share and you can you can attach that as a voice memo to an email or you can write it in an email and send it to info at runeatdrink.net that's info at runeatdrink.net or you could call at 941-677-2733 that's 941-677-2733 and leave us a voicemail. Either way, we'd love to share with the Runcation Nation where to accomplish, explore, and indulge.
2: And next week, I will be back in the Run, Eat, Drink podcast studios recording from behind the microphone as opposed to being your your humble in the field correspondent exactly. this week, but uh, hopefully the audio is going to hold up and it oh. sounds good. So uh, yeah. Amy, I will see you when I get back and everybody else, I will talk to you guys next week, but yes. for now,
1: he's Dana and I'm Amy. Have a great week celebrate your bling from this past weekend. If you ran Gasparilla or the princess half marathon weekend, celebrate your long runs, enjoy our podcast on the commute. And we will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the run, eat, drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at run, eat, drink Podcast, And on Twitter, we're at runeatdrinkpod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.